Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. I'm buzzing to be joined today by Morton Cullimore. Morton is the national chair for the RHA and he also heads up 90-year-old family business, the Cullimore Group, which consists of four different businesses employing 100 people. He's an absolutely fantastic guy, into his rugby as well. So please do listen in, enjoy and share with your friends. So I've just had the voice telling me that we're recording and I've got a red light rolling. So uh, I'm I'm joined today by a Morton uh, Cullimore. Uh, I'll start again. Morton Cullimore, sorry about that, apologies. Um, get, I need to put my teeth in this morning. So, uh, hi Morton, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Um, and uh, obviously, I, I, I asked you to join us on the on the podcast today uh, for the listeners because your role certainly is chair of uh, Cullimore Group um, and also chair of the RHA uh, as well. I thought you'd be able to share some amazing insights about the transport sector. So a lot of our uh, listeners are transport managers. Uh, some of them are transport consultants. Some of them are drivers as well. Uh, some of them might own their own small uh, transport company. And uh, obviously, hopefully you'll have sort of great insights for, to share. So just to sort of kick things off, you're able to tell us a bit more about what Cullymore Group do um, and uh, and sort of the history behind your business, please, Morton. Yeah, that might be a question you, you never wish you asked because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm third generation. So, um, you know, uh, it's a group of companies, so it, it does what it says on the tin. There's, 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 there's four, or five, four or five businesses within that group. Um, you know, the oldest um, being, uh, you know, formed in 1927 by my, my grandfather, in Morton C. Cullimore and Sun Limited, and 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 he started with uh, a Model T Ford uh, truck with a hand hand wind, winding uh, tipper on the back. Nice. Uh, traditionally, our, our family were um, you know of, of farming stock, um, so we've we've kind of always been landowners uh, loosely in in for, for for hundreds of years, if you like. So we come from an agricultural background, and and my my grandfather um you know needed to move things like milk, milk churns around and, and, and whatever so he bought this uh model t ford which is obviously everyone knows is the first sort of production car um and uh started moving um his own stuff around but also other people's goods around and and that that sort sort of born out the um the transport company that we see wow. today um you know within within the group um we have um Mortensy Cullimore Gravels Limited, which is essentially the quarry side of our business. So we extract raw mineral um, in the Thames and Seven Valleys, sort of in the in the, the southwest region of of, of the UK, um, and uh, that provides you know the building trade, construction sites, that your housing developments, and that sort of thing, uh, road construction, drainage, um, all those sort of sort of type things. And then off of the offshoot of that, we have uh, Cullimore's Mix Limited, which is um, a ready mixed concrete business. So it's it's trucks with the with the cylinders on the back that that spin around and uh, you know take um, you know uh, BSI kite marked strength conforming concrete to site. Um, 
you know, uh, again for for construction, and obviously that uses, um, you know, our, our raw our raw material that we extract with one of the other businesses too. Um, there's a there's another dormant company at, at the moment which will be involved in the sort of development of uh, the future use of of our, our former quarry sites because we restore them. We, we we you know all our land that we we work is is our own um, and we own it. We you know we're just custodians of the land essentially. We we own it for for all our our you know our lifetime. Uh, and then obviously we've got um, the, still a farming business as well, Colmore Farms. So. Um, you know, still involved in in uh, cows and things like that, and uh, I've uh, just started a, a wagyu um, product, you know, wagyu business. Um, you know, to try and work another angle of of of, of farming and 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 uh, you know, search for those those slightly better margins to 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 try and to try and cut a cut a crust with it. So that in a in a very very small nutshell um, <laughs> is 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 kind of what, what we do. That's that's well, that's amazing. So so broad and so uh, far ranging. So, excuse my total ignorance. What is a wagyu business, Morton? Wagyu. So um, a wagyu is a type of cow. To put it in okay. in, in, in in the in the. I've just made cow. myself sound really stupid, haven't I? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. So I mean, I, if if you, you're either like a foodie or you're or, or you're not. So I mean, some of your listeners may be. Uh, you know, maybe aware of a, of a of a restaurant chain that's just opened in London that's had sort of notoriety around the world called Nusret. Uh, it's kind of a, a Turkish guy that does this funny little action with the salt that he sprinkles on the uh, on the steak, uh, yeah. and he's he's uh, there's a lot of press at the moment about him because he's just opened London, and uh, he sells a six hundred and fifty pound steak. I saw um, the bill on Facebook. I saw there's yeah. like a bill going around that's yeah, gone yeah. kind of viral and it's like 35 grand and he's, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know exactly what you mean now. So, so I mean, essentially Wagyu is, is, a, is a type of cow that hails from Japan. Um, and, uh, you know, people would be familiar maybe with the, the word Kobe beef uh, and Kobe is a, is a, is a region of Japan. It's, it's a very similar setup to how wine works, right? So, Wagyu is a breed of cow. It's very similarly related to what we know as the Aberdeen Angus. Uh, it carries a slightly higher fat content than your normal sort of everyday beef cow, uh, uh, and it, but it's higher in the in the good fats rather than the bad fats. Um, if you want to get health conscious about it for a minute, and um, you know the Japanese were very protective over the bloodlines and didn't release it uh, out beyond Japan. They they wanted to keep. Uh, you know quality and and um you know have their own specific um you know heritage and and, and breed of it and but in the 1970s that started to change and uh, you know over the years uh wagyu beef has been uh, available in, in in restaurants around the world but the sort of higher end uh sort of side of things took off in australia took off in in in, in america and you know, you'll go to you'll go to some restaurants, and on the if you go to a state restaurant when you go on holiday, you'll you'll see people say, you know, it's USD DA prime, and that because it comes, you know, from the US or Argentinian beef or whatever, and you can select where your beef comes from. And you know, Wagyu is just essentially another option, but it has certain qualities which um, the fat runs through through the, the the meat, and it gives this different texture and this different moisture. Um, but you know, it, it, it price per kilo 
it, it's double what um, it's double what a normal UK uh, beef breed would 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 sort of fetch. So, um, you know, but it, it produces a totally different sort of steak, essentially, or beef product. It, it's really, it's obviously really lovely. It's would I eat it every single day? Um, uh, no, probably not, because. You know, it does have that that sort of higher fat content, but it is okay. uh, it is a you know it's a premium product. There's not a huge amount of it in 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 the UK, and um, you know we're, we're we're raising it on the the rolling hills of of, of Gloucestershire Amazing. and the Cotswolds, and 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 naturally feeding it. Some people would be aware of the myths about it that it's fed beer, that people sing to it, that it gets massaged and all that sort of thing. And that, <laughs> that's uh, that's come, that's come out of other old old wives' tales. Let let let's say, I mean, there's an element of truth to it in the fact that you, you know, your premium products, you do try and feed better because obviously, if you feed things better, you get a better end result, just like anything. Um, so yeah, that uh, I could go on for hours because I've been, Amazing. I've been, I've been, I've been studying it the last last couple of years because it was uh, one of those harebrained ideas I had uh, one day, sort of three three or so years ago, and it's just sort of starting to come uh, to fruition now. And 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 you know, some of our wagyu has, has gone out on the shelves um, locally and things. So. Yeah, awesome. So. It's like eight in the morning for people who are listening in, whatever time you're listening into this. It's like eight in the morning and already my like saliva's going, mm, I reckon I could have steak, you know. It's a bit early, but yeah. I wouldn't mind a, I wouldn't mind a uh, rare bit of Wagyu steak. Yeah, steak and eggs in the morning, what's wrong yeah, with that? Eh? Yeah, exactly, right? Well, everything according to my doctor probably based on my <laughs> blood pressure, but never mind. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, cool. So um, Collymore Group. Is, is is obviously a very large entity and um, how many people in total across across your businesses at the minute so um at the moment like everyone else we're, we're, we're struggling um with certain elements of, of of labor but um you know we're around about 100 people um at, at the moment uh i think if 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 the economy continues to be stable and and, and some of the labor labor shortage uh, you know, problems are answered, then 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 that will increase. Uh, we're used to employing a few more than that, but that's that's kind of where we are at the moment. Okay, okay, fine. And how many how many HGVs do you run as well? How many vehicles have you got? Uh, at the moment, we are registered on the road with fifty five. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've got other plant and, and machinery that's in the quarries and that, but in in terms of road road going trucks, it's it's fifty five at the moment. Um, different shapes and sizes applications so it's not all one type of vehicle so a very multi-purpose fleet yep okay fine so um when you say that i'm assuming you've got tippers you've got uh arctics trailers yeah all, all of the above so we've got a general haulage fleet um you know taut liners also with tippers low loaders um you know special types uh, bulkers, grain, uh, bulk powder, because obviously we collect cement for our concrete plants. Um, so a, a literally a, a little bit of everything. And then, then we've got the rigid, you know, rigid tippers, rigid concrete mixers, um, you know, crane, crane, high ab lorries, you know, we even oh, deliver yeah. bags of gravel to, to, you know, you, you want to be Alan Titchmasters and Charlie Dimmicks at home. So, uh, <laughs> okay. we know we've got many, many lorries delivering that as well. Amazing. Okay. And have you, have you always worked in the business or did you have a period of time that you were doing, doing other things whilst you, it's, it's quite hard to go in straight into a business where you're hundred people, multiple businesses, that kind of thing. How have you sort of worked your way through the business over time? Yeah. I mean, I always, I, I never, I never thought that I would, I would end up here. Um, 
you know, I'm third generation, as I said. Um, my my dad always aspired to have me in the business. Um, dad was an was an older father, so there was always quite an age gap between us. So, so the sort of uh, I mean, in the end, it probably helped things, but there was never a, a logical progression like that. I think mum always wanted me to go and do other things because she didn't want me to have the sort of business life that my father had. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I went to to uni more because that's what everyone else was doing and, and uh, you know, came out of uni. I mean, obviously, when I was at school, I was working summer holidays because it was just yeah. easy to do and, and yeah. you know, get some money and, and all that, but also learn something and and be in business but you know i worked in everything from the transport office to to, to shoveling concrete um you know so and then as soon as i got my driving license i was kind of the one of the last bunch that um you know 96 um still yeah. got seven and a half ton on, on my license yeah. so i'd be out on 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 the smaller trucks um delivering stuff but um yeah no i came into the business for a year in, in my very early 20s i, I didn't enjoy it and i, and I left um and I went and did some other things, you know, including a postgrad. But um, you know, I, 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 I was rugby's been a very big part of my life. And um, you know, in my early twenties, I was I was playing quite a, you know, quite a high standard. Um, you know, in and out of uni, but also clubs locally, and and uh, I took my coaching certificates and okay. um, all those sort of things, and and then I got involved with. Um, UK sport and sport England for a while and was working yeah. for them uh, during yeah. the summer doing elite elite uh, sports camps for for, for young rug, rugby players that had been earmarked for professional contracts. So, so. Um, that's that's where I thought I was going to be going. Um, mm-hmm. It was good money, but it was money sort of only seven seven months of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it made living as a young 20 something quite difficult because you still wanted yeah. to go out at the weekends and, and, and having the budget when you're only only for seven seven months a year was uh was was tricky and then uh i think dad being an older father he was you know he was in his mid to late 60s and, and he was struggling with certain aspects of of business and uh you know asked me to come in and and deal with a certain project at the time and a certain problem and i said right i'll i'll um I'll do that. I will do one year and it will be one year only. Um, because I, as I said, I didn't really enjoy it the, the, the time before when I did a year mm-hmm. and there was lots of reasons behind that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I did that year and I think whatever it is, 16, 17, 18 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> amazing stuck now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was, that was actually going to be one of my questions. Was I'd, I picked up on having had a, I haven't had a bit of a sneak, a snoop, Snoop is probably the right word. A bit of a snoop at your LinkedIn profile um, that you'd got a master's in sports development. So that, yeah. that's with the rugby coaching and that kind of thing. Do you think, and th- this is one of the interesting questions that I've got for you, because we work quite heavily in, in the transport sector with professional development and 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 um, making sure that people are, are, are properly trained and, and understand culture and things like that about how they can develop their businesses. Do you think that master's in sports development, that experience coaching has helped you sort of shape the business and the way you manage people and the way you uh interact with your team uh i, I think i think i mean the 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 label sport development on my, my ma is 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 a slightly small red herring in the fact that yes it was sport orientated and, okay. and part of the motivation for that was because 
if I knew if I didn't come into the sort of truck side of the business that there was all this land that the quarry company ha- owns mm-hmm. that would need to have a future use. Yeah. So, you know, as I look out the w- window this morning, I'm looking across lakes from from former quarry and in, 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 in a couple of years, we'll have a cable ski development the other side of the hedge on, on a former quarry of ours. Wow. Um, so, you know, that's the overhead gantry that, that sort of, pulls you around instead of being pulled by a boat you're, you're pulled by an overhead gantry yeah. um, on, on a wakeboard or some skis so you know we're developing that so i always use that as a, as a possible thing but in terms of my postgrad it was kind of um when i left uni the first time i didn't really feel like i'd learned anything that i wanted to learn okay i'd learned a lot of stuff you know that first one was in business and management um and i'd, I'd learned you know the core principles of that but i didn't really feel like i'd learned anything that fulfilled me mm-hmm. so that's what my postgrad was about and plus it was another year or so of, of uni rugby right but um you know I, I i chose modules things like uh you know ethical standards and, and stuff like that so yeah definitely I, my ma was more about me and wanting to learn things that i wanted to learn about but yes inevitably it exposed me to to uk sport and sport england and coaching and that sort of thing. And I was, you know, chairman of the rugby club when I was in Sheffield and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. look, I come from a team sport. I'm about team ethos. Um, for one of a, you know, for, without wishing to sound conceited in, in any way, like ever since I've been sort of 14 or 15, really, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'2". I'm this big blonde, blue-eyed thing that sort of walks in a room and makes a lot of noise. And uh I've always sort of, without any wish, uh, had some form of leadership or, or, or um, sort of in thrust on me because people just seem to want to listen to what I'm saying. So I think uni and that postgrad gave me the confidence to believe in myself that, that I had an ability to do that. And the coaching sort of then Im- implemented that in terms of putting structures in for young people um uh, to learn how to how to behave as a as an adult and as a professional so yeah it certainly gave me an insight um you know did it did it did it teach me everything no uh, i've certainly you know i'm still at 42 years old i'm I'm still learning now um you know i've had some big lessons over the last 18 months like a lot of people have but it it certainly gave me a structured approach in, in terms of things of of what can be achieved and, and the opportunities that, um, you know, you can afford people through a little bit more learning. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of it where, where I can be. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. And um, I, I'm quite interested in sort of the diversification of the business, but where, like as the business sort of develops, you're talking about sort of um, reuse of the quarry. So I, I live, I, I live miles away from you over in Peterborough and I, I actually live on a housing estate that's been built on old brick pits. So we've got, we've got lakes, we've got uh, a wakeboard park. They've, they've turned one of the brick pits into um, like this water park where you've got, like you're saying the cables and it's got yep. all of the jumps and everything like that. So what, what, what sort of the future plan with that? Are you going to sort of, is that building housing and that kind of thing, reusing the quarry? Is that, is that sort of the thing that you're looking at? So, I mean, <laughs> It, it, it's, I mean, where most of our quarries are at the moment, we're, we're talking about an area called the Cotswold Water Park, which is kind of between um, Sirencester and, and Oxford and, um, you know, Swindon. It's that sort of triangle there. Uh, it's the biggest inland waterway in, in the country. There's something like 200 lakes here. Uh, it's bigger than Norfolk Broads. 
um, it, it, it has a really mixed use here. I mean, it's obviously uh, owned by lots of different sort of landowners, other quarrying companies other than myself uh, as well. And, and it's actually just been designated, all the water has just been designated as triple SI by Natural England, really. Um, we won't get into that political okay. uh, debate <laughs> right now. But obviously it has a, a massive biodiverse uh area you know on this 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 cable ski lake that i'm talking about we will be planting twenty two thousand trees um so you know when people talk about what does our industry you know do for the environment well yes we've got a lot of trucks rumbling around Mm. but um there's not that many people out there that's planting twenty two thousand trees so you know there is there is you know there is a balance there is an offset with, with, with all that um so yeah we you know We've been we've been quarrying for sixty years, mm-hmm. so we have a lot of land that that needs redeveloping or, or needs to be at least you know financially viable to to continue. You know, sites that are dormant that just uh, beautiful woods and lakes they still cost probably fifty grand a year to maintain because you still got to cut hedges, you still got to you know make sure that there's no weeds or invasive mm-hmm. species you know or whatever. And, and so it still it still takes. So yes a big part of my career and, and what my father always said was, was going to be what was handed over to me was to try and establish something on the lakes. Now mm-hmm. there are a lot of second home developments in this area, you know, Cotswolds being an AONMB. Did I just get it right? AONB. Um, you know, that, that, that's quite anti uh, more housing. Um, what, what, what does that mean? AONB? Sorry. Again, um, I area sound- of, outstanding natural beauty of course of course i'm with you, I'm uh, with you. so yeah the, the 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 i mean it there's no i mean siren sister's probably 15 minutes away but that would be the the nearest sort of biggest town if you like okay. it's all it's all villages around here it's very villagey um so you know in terms of housing developments it, it's not really an option obviously also because this is you know former former Thames Valley, you know, it's going back to your GCSE geography or whatever GCSEs are called these days, you know, this is old, this is old riverbed. So the water table is naturally pretty high and, and there's a lot of flood playing around here. And yeah. actually the lakes help with that, right? Because they store water. Um, but, you know, in this area, you can dig down with a hand shovel and you can, you can hit water, you know, you, you naturally low in, in, in water table. So, um, you know, I think leisure concepts and activities for, for people to do, because there's hotels here, there's, like I said, a lot of second home, like the wooden lodge, sort of Scandi lodges that, that that people like and the sort of New England wooden lodges style type thing. There's a lot of that sort of around here, but also eco-development too. So it's it's a really dynamic area. Um, there is a lot of, there are a lot of choices for, for, for holiday and time off here, but it, it needs more leisure activity. So it, it, that's probably more the angle that I, that I will go down and, and obviously some of the, the land we, we use after it's restored for, for farming as well. So yeah, amazing. yeah it, it's, it's a real mixed bag. There's no, there's no yeah. one answer for it, I'm afraid. No, amazing. And I, my, my understanding of farming is, is very, very, very small really, but um, I, I, I do recommend, well, well I learned huge amounts and you'll probably roll your eyes, but I learned huge amounts from Clarkson's farm around the cost yeah. of running land and hedges and hedge cutting and all the red tape and all the BS that comes along with it that is yeah. actually really, really challenging. Uh, yeah. I think I think that it was a great program to actually really demonstrate how how challenging okay. that is. 
I couldn't agree. I mean, Clarkson for a lot of people is 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 is, is Marmite. You either love him or, or, or you loathe mm. him, sort of thing. But I think um, you know, aside from the, the sort of comedy aspect of of, of what he does, uh, you know, that whole program was um, you know, everyone was glued to it. You know, everyone yeah. was like, Well, what's what's gonna happen next? You know, how's he gonna get on? And 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 actually his place isn't that far from here. So I I thought it might not be. Yeah, I thought yeah, it might not be. Not far. Yeah. So so we we do see Caleb and and the others cruising okay. around um, here from from t- from time to time. Um, you know, it's only just up the road. But um, you're absolutely right in terms of the program. Look, if, if you mm. if you if you get away from the the comical bits, which you know all, all were relevant, mm-hmm. uh, actually it showed you the very real struggle um, that that farmers have, and and they they don't have the financial backing that. That Clarkson has from Amazon TV series is to, exactly. to be able to, you know, when when it doesn't rain, you know, you saw him going out there with huge tanks of water trying to water the crops. That's just it's just not practical. And he learned that. Yeah. But that is that is the reality. And I and I think actually that program probably did more uh, for for making people understand a little bit about farming um than mm. than you know a lot of a lot of the trade associations have probably for for for, for a long time so uh yeah no it was a good it was a good program and I, i've had it recanted at me several times I because bet. uh people know i like a lamborghini people know i like a, a tractor <laughs> so, but the similarities have been thrown at me more than, more than oh really so, oh, uh, amazing yeah. amazing i'm so glad i made the link as well then Morton. amazing um okay so you mentioned trade associations that that brings me really nicely onto your role as the chair of the RHA so are you able to tell me a bit about that relationship with the RHA and and why it's important to you as a as a business owner um uh yeah sort of explain away really I mean look as 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 a business owner I think um you know and 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 all your listeners will 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 understand this in, in the fact that you know, our our industry, transport, logistics, whatever you want to label it as, has 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 been the forgotten necessity for however many decades. It's just something that functions. Um, you know, as consumers, and we're all consumers as well. You know, we live in a in a in a culture in a in a world where we just expect things to be on the shelves the next morning, right? And um, we are used to that overnight delivery. We are used to things just always being there. And, and that, you know, that happens because of the truck, because of the industry. Mm. Um, but, you know, you never really see government until recently talking about the industry, understanding the problems of the industry or really helping the industry. And, 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 you know, the, 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 labor shortages that we now see in hgv drivers and all that that's been there for a very long time right we've been talking about it for a very long time the potential that that this could could happen and and no one's really talked about it and and you know the rha have been talking about it for a long time for for you know ever since i can remember look my father was an rha member he was also on the board of directors um you know over 20 years ago so um you know, again, it, it's in the blood, um, and 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 some people have a problem with that with the RHA and the fact that the generational businesses are, are in there. But 
ultimately it's a, it's a members association that represents its membership and the membership is, is, is changing in the fact that it's, you know, offering, offering, offering fans, coaches and individual and professional memberships now, which, which, you know, will increase its reach, will increase its understanding of the industry. But it, it, it's vital that some, somebody has um, a voice because you know, as, as transport businesses, we can all reach out to our M- MPs and, and, and go that route. But unless we have a, a, a wider, more influential body to put the industry on the map, you know, you're just not going to get heard from. And, you know, the last, um, the last year or two, um, you know, with Grant Shapps, and again, whether you, you, you like him or you don't, he has listened to the RHA, you know, he has been listening, you know, can I say that he's, he's taken all the actions that we need to be taken? No, but in terms of previous governments, he has been listening to the RHA and we've, we've had, and we've been very welcomed on, on, on a platform that we've never seen before. So the RHA is, is vital for the transport industry. I know that people out there will also have its, have its criticisms, um, mm-hmm. But um, we're we're working we're working harder. We've had to modernise. We've had we've had to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a little bit old school in the early two thousands, and and it's taken some time to change that. And uh, and now and, I, and you can see the smile happening already. Now I sit here before you as national chair of the RHA, but also the youngest national chair that's that's ever been. And I, and I think that's crucial in the fact that a it's probably the last time I'll ever be called the youngest of, of anything, but, but b that we are really now trying to start to do things different. And I've only been in a position for five months, so I, I've I've come into the position as we're sort of uh, you know trying to recover from from a, from a pandemic and, and and all the rest of it. And you know I wanted to sort of get my feet under the table and understand the inner mechanisms of 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 the RHA more but I've kind of been thrust into this uh you know HGV driver shortage issue and 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 the the the, the sort of political fallout um over the last couple of months um uh, you know since but we're working on it um and and you know I'm here for another doing this job for another two and a half years Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. At Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC and other transport management services. So if your four is accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today. So I'm hoping to be a, a fundamental part on on creating the future of of, of the RHA and, and and what it will become, and a, and a more representative, um, you know, and continually member led uh, organisation that that has, um, you know, a very realistic platform with with, with government and, and other people. Uh, you know, the membership is, is is growing every every month, and and long may that continue. But um, we got a, we've got a lot to do. Awesome. Awesome. Loads of questions come off the back of that. <laughs> Loads of questions. So uh, a couple around, there's something you said around like people having challenges with generational businesses in the RHA. So that was one thing that I wanted to pick up on. Uh, what, what, what is that? Is there, is there some challenges around that? I 
I think because uh, I think because people see on the board of directors of the RHA that um, you know there's some familiar names, right? Okay. My father was on the board of directors 20 years ago. I'm okay. on the board of directors I now. See. You know, there's there's other business, not all, not all of the board of directors, but other business. So, I think from the the, the blinkered approach, um, people see. I, I know there was some Facebook comments a, couple, a week or two ago. I think people use the term nepotism or, or, or whatever. Oh, okay. You know. And I think that's all very well and good, but but ultimately being on the board of directors is a lot of work. Mm. Being national chairman is is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I don't get paid for it, uh, you know, and, and I've got a day job, right? I've yes. got four of my own companies and 100 employees to, to, to worry about post a pandemic, um, not just be national chair. And it, it takes a lot of time. So you've got to love the industry right so when you see these comments about you know well it's the same names same names well look the, the 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 process um you know for rising through the ranks to 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 do these things is is not a complicated one there's no glass ceilings here you know i was just i was just a you know a younger guy in a, in a corner of gloucestershire in an independent business that have been rha members since the very beginning and you know, in my early 20s, when I first came into the business, I got involved in the RHA, I went to the meetings, and then I just thought, well, you know, this isn't for me, this is it's not a good use of my time. All we do is talk about fuel prices and and, and, and who's doing what. So I left, um, you know, the business stayed in the RHA, but I stopped attending the meetings and stopped engaging. And then in, in, in my 30s, you know, as I, you know, obviously taken over the business, you know, people were encouraging me to go re-engage the RHA because they, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, there's not that many young people that, that, that come through the, the ranks, you know, these days cultures are changing and all that, but, um, you know, I was encouraged to get back involved. And so I started going to the sub-regional meetings and, and, and started making some noise about the changes we need to do and how we need to modernize and how we need to change our meetings mm-hmm. so that people want to turn up, you know, just the very <laughs> basics. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, that led me to being chair of uh, Gloucestershire and, and, and the Bristol meeting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, I got invited to the regional council and, and um, you know, eventually by having the same attitude and asking the same questions that eventually got me on to being, you know, vice chair of, of the regional council. And now I'm chair of, of the Midlands, Western and Wales regional council. Uh, and then inevitably at the beginning of the year, we needed some candidates for national chair and, and, and um, a couple of people asked me to put my name forward and, and I didn't think my time was now, um, yeah. but my time is now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, look, you know, the generational thing is, is when, when you have watched your, your mother or father doing something, mm-hmm. you have a love for the industry because it's essentially it's not all you know that's that does it a disservice but you've grown up about it you know i, I was in a truck at four or five years old mm-hmm. you know and, and a tractor as well if i'm honest and 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 you know i was walking into the transport office at 11 years old and people were asking for my opinion and what trucks i liked and whatever i worked on the Weybridge, you know weighing off gravel on trucks as they left at 14 and all the rest of it so you know when you've got an organization the rha and you've got generational businesses of course they're going to be in it Naturally. because they have lived it and they have breathed it. And any, any organization or association that doesn't have those people 
is a problem mm -hmm. because you need people that live and breathe it because they understand it better than anybody else. And that's not an arrogance thing. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, but with any organization, you need a balance. You need the other side of it, of people that have been in other industries and, and have uh, other ideas and, and, and alternative ways of doing things. And that's life, right? Life is about balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and and you need other people's opinions, and you need those conversations. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's crucial. Um, yeah, absolutely. That that reminds me. I don't know if you've read the book by Matthew Side. If you do read, do much reading. Matthew Side, Rebel Ideas about cognitive diversity and the benefit of cognitive diversity of a range of different people. Amazing. Um, one of the one of the queries I had. I picked up your five months in. You got two and a half more years. Does that mean the the period you have is three years? And excuse me for my ignorance around how the RHA works, really. Um, so only three years. It it feels like with the size of the organisation, that's a real race against time to have some impact. If if that's what you want to do, if that's yeah, well, a, a, a relatively short period of time. Yeah, well, actually, in, until this year, the the chair's position was always a two year post. Right. Okay. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, the board of directors are re-elected every two years, um, okay. or re-elected or, or not elected or new candidates, whatever. Um, and the chair's position was only two years. There was some changes to the articles association, you know, change to, to, to change that obviously to try and modernize and give, give the, the association what it needed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that changed to three. So it's three with, uh, a, a potential second term of three, if 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 the chair wants to continue and it's supported by the board so uh yeah i mean it could potentially be six um i'm still dealing with the first six months so i'll i'll, I'll worry about whether uh, whether we go again <laughs> worry about that two years time yeah and whether people want me or, or whether i've yeah. you know i've done a decent job or, or not representing the members because that's very much where i come from I'm here to to represent the grassroots. As I said, I'm just a boy from Gloucestershire, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in a gritty, gravelly environment. And, uh, you know, I started off in the sub-regions uh, listening to the people that own businesses but still drive the trucks as well. That's where I come from. Uh, you know, my company has, you know, a very recognisable livery, livery and we, we look very corporate and professional from, from the outside, but essentially we are you know, a small independent family, family run business. And, and so we have both, both, both fields of both ends of the spectrum, if, if, yeah. if, if you like. Um, and that's what I've got to do. I've got to, I've got to reconnect the members. That's, that's, that's my view as well as keep pushing the RHA forward. No, I appreciate that. Do you know what's inspired me? I'm going to go and join. I'm going to go and join and get involved, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, individual professional member, whatever, 12 months, give it, give it, give it a whirl. And, and, you know, you've got, You've got a lot of a lot of um, information at the end of the phone and and, and the new website and all, all the things and it is it's it's National Lorry Week soon, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck that in this a couple of times, um, you know, as we go along. But uh, yeah, look, it, it it's worthwhile and 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 look, the the association can only be as good and as strong as its members, and, and yeah, unless absolutely. we get that intelligence, unless we get that information from from the membership, then then we're not we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, okay okay brilliant. uh so uh let's go with it then what is the purpose of the national lorry week what is the purpose of it and how how can i help for example with with promoting the national lorry week so each each year we we kind of pick uh i was going to use the term different theme but that's probably that's probably not right but we, we pick a, a different area we're going to focus on this this year 
Uh, it's about taking what is trucks and what is transport to schools and and, and safety. And, and and I was in a in a school near me uh, last week, and we were talking about road safety, and we were, we were talking about you know we were talking with children from ages of five to uh, uh, around about twelve or thirteen. Uh, and we were showing them where they could stand around a vehicle, where they shouldn't stand around a vehicle, the importance of wearing a helmet when they're on their scooters and the bikes and stuff and, and, and doing, you know, visual displays that, that sort of um, showed, showed that, um, you know, but also what a truck does, um, you know, in connecting to them and asking them uh, how many tins of beans do you think can fit in, in, a, in, in an Arctic? Uh, and it, it's kind of bringing that message home in, in terms of, you know, the, the, the statistic is that 97% of everything that we consume has moved in some point of its life on a truck. But people just don't get that. They just see as trucks as something that's causing traffic or getting in the way or driving slower than everything else. Um, so, yeah, it's very much about taking the message to schools. It's very much about engaging with younger people to say, hey, look, there's an industry here where there's a potential vocation for you and and that's not just truck driving that's mechanics that's you know administrative staff it, it's, it's all all different things because transport let's face it, it it's not it's not on anyone's curriculum it's not on anyone's agenda um and that's why we're, we're seeing the labor force for it shrink i mean yes it is a little bit of an old school industry which we need to we need to look at and the fact that you know, culturally in this country, people don't really want to work more than 37 hours a week. And and the business of trucking doesn't really go hand in hand in that because you know, people still want the stuff on the on the shelves the next morning, right? And, and that's very difficult to turn around in a 35-hour week. It's very difficult, you know, and, and I, I, I get it. You know, people want to be at home at 3 o'clock because they want to go and be able to pick the kids up at 3.15. And, and that's the society we live in, and there's nothing wrong with that. But how do we integrate that with what is the transport world? And that is that is the challenge we all have. Uh, and it's the answer we've got to find. And, and, and those 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 answers are very difficult because, you know, the, the, the working week is a bit longer. Uh, it, you know, it is more unfashionable hours. It is overnight at times. Um, and it, it, like I said, it, it's um, there will be very few people in the transport industry that don't love it because I think you've got to love it. You know, you got to love it to do it. So, you know, National Lorry Week this year is 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 very much about taking that message to young people. Um, and you'll see lots of videos all over the RHA website um, and other social media, including a, a little cameo from me uh, somewhere too. And uh, that's what it's about. I mean, previously, I, I've I've made it about, and this was before my time as chair. Uh, was was you know truck driver welfare facilities out on the road so I, I, I championed a, a petition in 2019 um, about trying to get um, welfare facilities on on the agenda um, out on the UK roads and the campaign fell a little bit short but I'm not going to let rest on that because you know it is one of the fundamental criteria that um, people are leaving the industry and, and yeah. truck drivers are leaving the industry we simply must you know pull our socks up um, out there on the UK roads and get better secure parking facilities for our people that are out there on the roads. You know, truck driver isn't just a driver these days. They have to be a security guard and, and, and whatever else. And, 
you know, um, uh, you know, if we look at other places in Europe, you know, the facilities out on the roads are, are much, much better. And we need to do better. Um, and that's what um, I will continue to campaign for over the next over the next two or three years, too. So, yeah, uh, in short, that's what Laurie Week is about, is spreading yeah. the message of what 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 it is and, and, and what we do. Absolutely. I think um, it's uh, it's a real challenge because I, I, I love our industry. I, I, I feel passionately about it. I think there's a, a wealth of opportunity for people. There's varied work. Every day is different. It's exciting and interesting. But then I also have the, the the challenges, which is we're not very dynamic. Sometimes things take forever in, in, in the sector to improve. Um, we're not I don't we're not very good at looking after our people when we compare ourselves with other other sectors. And it's, it's, it's a long, hard, hard, hard slog. So it can be difficult to promote it. It can be difficult. To, to promote people to come in but i think um you're absolutely right welfare facilities is is top of the agenda isn't it um and and, and encouraging people to come in but i think that the general public expectation of driving an hgv is that they're away for a full week and in reality that i don't think there's that big a percentage of roles that are are like that a lot a lot of driving roles are you know, daytime work, delivering uh, locally, um, you know, builders, merchants, the tipper work, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. There's, you know, there, there is, there is some balance to be had. And um, like you say, it's just a challenge us, us finding those balances and trying to work those out and culturally improving attitudes as well, because I think we've got an aging, an aging workforce. Um, and um, there's a, there, there's a level of, of bitterness as well i think in 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 some areas of the of, of the sector um, yeah, that sure. we need to try and work with those attitudes as well don't we yeah, to be able yeah. To promote. and that that's the that's really disappointing for me and I, and 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 look i get it i i get it there like you say there's bitterness out there i get that there is you know some ill feeling about how people have been treated or, or you know that they they don't have these welfare facilities and 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 I get it, and there's obviously a, a big, um, you know, big concerns and about driver CPC and, and things like that. I, I, I totally understand it, but you know, the the problem is 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 conveying that bitterness on on social media and 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 destroying when we're trying to make positive images and and trying to positive, you know, encourage a positive na- narrative about the industry that that isn't helping anybody no. i mean yes you might get your five seconds of venting but it, it it's really not helping anybody and especially people that are gen, genuinely trying to trying to do something for the good of, of, of the industry and 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 that and that's the sad the sad part of it for from for me i mean i i, I took a hammering on social media last week because um you know there was uh the rha put put out a message and I was talking on a video and, and people used it to vent their, their, their problems with the industry. And so and disappointing, you, isn't it? So disappointing. Yeah. And, 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 and using my name and, and I think, you know, to, to talk about ourselves for a minute and, and my own business, I've got truck drivers that have worked for me longer than I've been alive. Yeah. You know, I, I've, you know, so not all truck companies out there are bad. No, they're um, not. Um, you know, there's some very good ones. And of course, I'm going to say that about myself, but, you know, I could get, I could give you several drivers that have, have, have worked for, for my business, driving my business's trucks for longer than I've been alive. I, I could give you a couple of drivers that even knew my grandfather and I didn't know my grandfather. Mm-hmm. So 
um, you know, we're a family business. We, we employ husbands and wives, sons and daughters, you know, grandparents and all that. Um, and, and that's the type of business we have. And, and I would, I would, you know, and, and they can all come and talk to me. They can come and talk to the bloke that whose name's on the side of the lorry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and therefore I take faith in that. And, and mm-hmm. when you see the negativity that I got from people that have no idea about my business, no idea that, that I work, you know, the work that I do for the RHA is, is free of charge. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to take and, and, you know, we've got most of it taken down, but at the same time, you know, the video that went out was trying to um, encourage national lorry week, encourage people coming to the industry um, and people jump on that wagon and and try and pull it apart. And, and no one and no wonder that some things just don't happen when we adopt that attitude yeah. if you need to vent then vent yeah. there's ways of doing it and uh yeah. destroying positivity is is just it, it's it it yeah it's soul destroying but um, yeah absolutely I, I i'm massively behind the, the the national lorry week i think that the only way to get better is to breed positivity and yeah. and and to take a proactive stance on improving things and going you, you know nothing nothing's perfect it's never perfect but let's move forward let's you know if 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 you're forever just living in the past and people bring in bitterness and crap all the time of of the past we're never going to move forward anyway so we need to you know i think there there are some really great companies lots of really great transport companies out there and there's some that have got the potential to be really great and actually we just need to engage some of those business owners in culturally improving the way they do things because they want to be better but actually have they had the development and the the opportunity to develop and improve and actually i recognize having spoken to you that actually the rha gives that you know that opportunity for people to develop their skills and to um you know it's something that i i massively believe in that you know, if we can breed a better culture, drivers will get treated in a better way and, and things will just continually evolve and improve and, and progress, um, yeah, which, which is really what's needed. It's education and support about the regulations. You know, the regulations are changing all the time, you know. I mean, just just look at trucks and truck technology in the last 10 years, you know, and, and we've moved from Euro 3 to, you know, Euro 6 and, and, and whatever is beyond. And, you know, that's changing and that's where the RHA com- com- comes in, in in terms of its advice and all that but uh, as well but um yeah look I'm 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 with you it, we if the people inside the industry don't stand up and be positive about it then then no one no one else is going to be and we've seen that historically for years so we've got to do it ourselves um and, and but also put pressure on the government and our MPs to listen to us and you know that's what i would encourage everyone to do is just keep on the back of your mp right now because right now when there's gaps on shelves and all the rest of it that we've seen um you know now is the time to really ram home the message you know without the truck driver without the trucks we won't get a lot it's as simple as that and if we don't do it now then then we've lost probably our most important opportunity for this industry yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, fantastic. I guess one of the last, one of the last questions I've got is what, what are the biggest challenges that you face in your role and either as the RH, actually let's, let's go specifically, what's your biggest challenge in your role as, uh, in, in charge of the Cullimore group? Uh, what, what, as a business, what's your biggest challenge over the next five years? 
I think, uh, uh, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Gloucestershire and Wiltshire based independent. Um, so in terms of the tipper side of my work, all my competitors are multinationals. You know, there's a couple of other independents, but mostly it's the multinationals mm-hmm. who have limited, limitless resources, um, drive the prices down, um, you know, so it, it, it's surviving. And, and the way we do that is that we provide a better service than everyone else. You know, our lorries are traditionally painted. They're always clean and tidy. They're always freshly painted. You know, they've got names on the side of the doors of Charles Dickens characters. We just do things differently. You know, our our, our uh, customers are not serial numbers. Their names, their faces, their people. Um, you know, they have our mobile numbers. And if they need to ring up at 11 p.m. at night and change something, then we do that. And that's how we act. But again, that takes that takes time. And again, that you don't do that in a 35 hour week. But, you know, so the, the challenge for us is is, uh, you know, in a very low margin industry, let's be honest, no one's really earning anything more than three percent, um, you know, margin. It, it becomes about volume. So, th- so the challenge for us is is. Um, holding true to our, our principles of, of, of integrity and, 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 you know, great customer service and, and, um, and that, but, but, um, you know, keeping, keeping the big boys honest, um, you know, keep, keep them running on their toes because, because there's independence like us around and, and that's, and that's an everyday, that's an everyday battle for us. You know, we, uh, we don't have big bank loans. We, we don't own what we don't, we don't, we can't pay for. Which is very old school, but it, it's it's kept us through a, a recession, a Brexit, and a pandemic. So um, you know, still fighting, yeah, still fighting, <laughs> um, still still going. And look, and I think personally for me, I, I'm an only child. Dad was an only child. So while we're a family business, there's no other family members in the business um, right now. So uh, you know, it, it's it's all these businesses. I, I'm sort of I run solo, and of course, I've got some very good managers around me, which I'm, I'm hugely grateful for, and, and very lucky to have that. I've found people that I can trust to to, to work alongside. But uh, you know, essentially, when when the chips come down and and the big decisions being made, it falls solely and squarely on my shoulders. Uh, and I think that's my challenge. I have to wake up to that every, every day and and just deal with it and. During a pandemic, I had to make some pretty quick, pretty live decisions, which will always be judged in hindsight, but that's irrelevant because hindsight, especially with the pandemic, will will say you should have, could have, would have, should have, right? But at the time, you had to you had to make a decision with what was in front of you right in that moment. And with limited information, let's be honest, who's lived through a pandemic before? Um yeah, exactly. So 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 that's that's my challenge with, with Colormores is is that I, I I have to make important decisions that affect every single person, you know every employee is 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 a name and a face. I know the family, you know we're all friends on social media. We all know what each other are doing. We know when we're happy and when we're sad. So I, I have I have not just responsibility as an employer, but I have a, a responsibility as a, as a, as a man, as a human being to, to the, to the people I work with. And, and, and that's very real. Um, and it's, it's probably a, probably a different dynamic on, 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 on a leadership problem that, that other people in the, in the transport industry would have maybe. Perfect. Perfect. Really appreciate that. Thank you. And the final question is 
I'll, I'll word it slightly differently this time rather than focusing on challenges. What's your goal for your role over the next two and a half years as chair at RHA? I think we've we've got to continue to improve. Uh, as I said earlier on, uh, um, it, this is all about the members. Um, it's all about the industry too, don't get me wrong, but it's member member led, member first. We have to make the ways that we listen to our members more effective and we have to make sure that we have effective channels uh, of communication with 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 government we have to do what we do better uh and 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 we're very much moving forward on that we're modernizing with new new media new social media all those things you know i think the transport world will change starkly over the next five years and uh you know i'm i'm, I'm on that ride uh, and we will have to make probably a lot of live decisions. But yeah, I think primarily it's do what the RHA does, but do it better, do it in a more modern way and in a transparent way and, and with complete, um, you know, complete integrity and integration with, 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 with the membership, which, which is growing and is now more diverse than it ever was. Uh, you know, as I said, coaches, vans, individual memberships, uh, it's more diverse than it ever was. So we will be met with more problems, more opinions, which is great um, because we're, it means we're, we're educating and we're learning more about what's going out on the on the UK roads, and and, and that's vital. So it, it's uh, it's a steady progression and an evolution into what the RHA should be. Yeah, amazing, amazing, awesome. Well, best best of luck over the next two and a half Thank years, Morton. I, uh, I and I really appreciate you taking the time out to to speak to me as well. Um, I think uh, it'll be really valuable for the listeners to listen to the insights that you've shared. So thank you very much. And to, very to much. the listeners, to the listeners, I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's podcast episode. If you have, please do share it, uh, sign up to the RHA, find out more and, and get involved in the, the conversation. Morton's clearly uh, willing to listen and, uh, and and so will the rest of RHA because it's all it's on us to ensure that we improve things over the future. So uh, brilliant. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. Cheers. I really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people if you want to find out more about me my name's Pete Rushmer you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business thank you see you again soon